last week I began um, talking about our values and I looked at what it means to be a member and I went through various bits and pieces of what it means to be a member of Weymouth Family Church. And I spoke about our threefold purpose, to love God, to love one another, and to love the lost. I said, you know, in many ways you could encapsulate, I mean, how, I know it's ridiculous to try to encapsulate 66 books of the Bible and everything in it in just a very pithy kind of sentence. But, but in many ways, there's a truth that we're about loving God. We're about loving one another, and we're about loving the lost. You know, we love God, we worship, we spend time worshiping. As it says up there, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. Okay, we've got to love one another. Jesus commands it, but also it's what we do because the love of God is in us. And it says, go make disciples of all nations. That's also what we do. We love the lost. So, and I would, I would say that I think much of the time we are good at loving God. God is, has done something in us and we just want to worship God. I don't have to twist anyone's arm to worship God. Okay? You know, and there's worship leaders. We know that, don't we? As, as a company of people, you worship God. You're good at loving one another. We know that whenever there is a need that arises amongst us, people step in. People step in with meals. People step in with practical support. I think we're good at loving one another. We could get better at it, but by and large, I think we're very good. We're very good at loving God. We're very good at loving one another. I think the only area that if we're going to develop anywhere it is in loving the lost and reaching the lost. I think that's the thing we find most difficult. And so what I want to do is to help equip you and me so that we know how we can reach the lost with the gospel. That's for the next 11 weeks. That's what we're going to be looking at. You know, in many churches, it's not uncommon for the prevailing thinking to be, well, it's my job to get people to church, but it's the pastor's job to preach to them the gospel and to disciple them in their new Christian life. My job's just to get them to church. Well, I've got news for you. That's wrong in both parts. Okay? It's not your job to bring people to church. Your job, according to Jesus, is to go make disciples. That's your job. Okay? It's not to bring well, bringing people to church is fine, but that's not what Jesus tells you to do. Okay, Jesus never told us, tell people to come to church. You won't find that. Jesus said to them, tell people to come to church. It's not written anywhere in any Bible that I've ever read. Okay, he told us to go. It's in big letters up there. Go. That's what he told us. Go. Okay, that's why I pray most days, Lord. Make us a go people, not just a come people. Every day, pretty much, I pray, Lord, make us a go people, not just a come people. I say not just a come people. Come has its part to play. Okay? It's good to ask people to come to church. Okay, it would be silly to say otherwise, wouldn't it? It's good to ask people to come. 
and gather when we gather in the presence of God. Why wouldn't we? But it's not the only way, and I would say it's not even the main way that we should be reaching people who are far from God. We are told to go. Go is much more biblical than come. And it's a command that's aimed at us, not at the lost. He says to us, go. Okay? That's what he says. But the other part of the statement, you know, when you say, you know, it's my job to bring them to church, but it's the pastor's job to preach the gospel to them and to disciple them, that part is wrong too. Because as I said last week, and I repeat now, it's my job to ensure that the saints, that's you and me, that the saints are equipped to do the works of service. So my job is to equip you and help you so that you know how to lead someone to Christ. And you know what to do with them if you do manage to lead them in a prayer of commitment. See if this works. Wait with bated breath. Yay! It worked. Okay. As I said, if we're going to see this promised move of God, Guy was talking about it at West Point. He talked about a, a, um, a revival that would affect us as the people of God that would propel us to go and tell people about Jesus. And as I've often mentioned, Ginny Bergen's prophecy in 2011, she said it's time for this nation to seek the Lord. There will be unprecedented things happening in your politics, unprecedented things happening in the heavens. Well, blimey, if it's not unprecedented, I don't know what is, okay? Unprecedented things. It's time for this nation to seek the Lord. And if this is going to happen, as we believe it is going to be happening, then we need to get ready for growth. We need, as a people, to know what we're going to do when there are people that become Christians. So I and others who will be preaching over the next few weeks, we'll ne we, we need to help you and to help one another to answer those two questions. What would I say to someone in order to lead them to Christ? And what would I go on to do to explain basic Christian belief to them? Two questions. One is kind of, how do we start? And the other is, how do we go on from there? Okay, let me ask you a question. Who believes that they are greater than the Bible and that what's written in the Bible doesn't apply to them? Good. No one. Who believes that the Bible is the word of God and what it says is true? Hey, good. That's encouraging. Okay. Okay, well, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17 and 20 says that you have been made brand new and that you are now Christ's ambassador and God makes his appeal through you. You have been made new, you are Christ's ambassador and God makes his appeal through you. Who believes God didn't mean me when he said that? 
Because he did. You are an ambassador and you are able to make God's appeal to men and women and to instruct them into the simple, basic elements of what it means to be a Christian. And, and here to sort of answer these questions, that we're going to look at Acts chapter 2, verses 36 to 47, to see what that tells us about what are the basics of being a Christian. Here's what it says. This is Peter on the day of Pentecost. They'd had this amazing outpouring of the Spirit. And everyone's sort of, what's going on? And Peter said this, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know, we can see in this account of the birth of the church at least 11 simple elements that form a basic part of what it means to be a Christian and follow Christ. A new believer, what do they need to know? What do they need to, what is it, okay, I've become a Christian, what's next? What do I do? What's it going to look like? Well, we've got 11 things here out of this that I think we can teach around and help people to understand as new believers. Here they are. Firstly, repent and believe. You've got to repent and believe. You've got to turn from going your life that way and turn and go that way with your life towards God. Believe on the Lord Jesus. Be baptized. And we're talking here of baptism after believing, not before. Pray. They prayed. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Well, in our context, we read the Bible. Okay, there's no commandment that says read the Bible, but it seems like a good thing to do, and they did it. And we'd recommend it. The Lord added to their number. That is, they made disciples. Make disciples. Go make disciples. That's what we do. That's part of being a Christian. A new believer needs to know that. 
They make disciples. But often they're better at making disciples than we are who've been in, the, in it for longer. They devoted themselves to the fellowship. They loved one another. Love. Praising God. They worshipped. Worship is, is part of what we should be teaching new believers. Worship is part of what you do. You're a Christian now. You worship God. They broke bread together. The Lord's Supper. They shared and they gave. They were generous. Generosity is something that we should be explaining to new believers. You're generous with your time and with your money. You meet together. They met together in homes and in the temple courts. They met together. They didn't stay isolated. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. When you become a Christian, you can expect to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there's 11 things there. I'm going to do the first two, and over the course of the next uh, 10 weeks after this, we'll go through all that list. So hopefully, by the end of uh, the 11 weeks, um, this list will become familiar to you. And you will think, okay, if, if I've got a new Christian, I know the things that I can teach them about. And hopefully, more than just a list, um, you know, so... If you're thinking, well, what should I teach a new believer? Oh, yeah, I know. It's that list of 11 things I remember. Okay? But not only the list, but I hope that we can give you a few memorable scriptures that will help you to sit down with someone and show from the Bible that these elements are normal, basic Christian teaching that people need to know. And the first elements of the two, as I've said, the one often go together, what I'm doing today, Often one will be used or the other will be used or occasionally both are used um, and it is repent and believe. Okay? Repent and believe. Repent, as I've said, means to turn from one direction to another. It means to turn around, to turn to God, to turn away from walking in this path, in this life, and turn around and turn to God and walk in this way. Repent. Believe. In this context, it means to believe in Jesus. Believe that he is God. Believe that he is God, the Son. Believe that in him you receive forgiveness and eternal life. Believe that he has freed you from the onerous demands of the law and that your new life comes through his sacrifice and not your good works. That's what we believe. And we can see from this reading that these are said to be foundational and elementary teachings. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. Faith in God is belief, isn't it? Repentance and belief, they're foundational. We come in at that level. Obviously, as we go on that journey, we learn new things as well. We learn more about God. These are foundational. So the first thing we need to establish with any person who is inquiring about Christ or says that they are Christians is, have they repented and believed? We need to know. And they need to know their need of repenting and believing. This is the gateway into the kingdom 
It's the only way in. It's where it all starts. But, I hear you say, I wouldn't know where to start. But, I hear you say, but, I hear you say, I wouldn't know where to start. I thought that's what you said. Okay. Well, I would always recommend using the three circles method of sharing the gospel. I'm about to show it to you. We were going to try and put it on a YouTube so you didn't have to listen to me for too long, but it uh, was proving too difficult to uh, put on the screen. Uh, we've got a split screen and it goes on one screen, but not on the other. And uh, Technology. Anyway, I'll do it in a moment. And the reason why, as will become apparent, is not because the three circles is the best necessarily way, but because it is simple, memorable, easily repeatable, and easily pass-onable, if there is such a word, pass-onable. And it takes the worry about, oh, someone wants to know, what am I going to say? Well, it's, I know what I'm going to say. It's the three circles. There, decision made. Okay? I'm going to say the three circles. Anyone wants to know what Jesus about Jesus? I'm going to tell them the three circles. Made the decision. Don't have to worry about it. Now, I know some of you, uh, you know, Marion, you like using your little booklets. That's great. I'm not saying don't use them. Fine. Um, and, you know, some of the others. The only thing I would say about that, though, is it's not as easy, easy for someone to pass on unless they've got a little booklet that they can hand on to somebody. That's the good thing about the three circles is it's so easily transferable. And we hear stories from, from those who go out on the streets, actually, that they tell someone and they go up to somebody and say, oh, yeah, my friend showed me this already because it's so easily transferable. So, um, as I say, I was hoping to have uh, given you a break from my voice, but um, I can't, unfortunately. So here is the three circles. Okay, We go up to people out on the street and um, we go out in pairs and we say, hi, you know, I'm, I'm Mick. This is... Uh, this is um, Abigail, um, we're just out caring for our community. Can we pray for you? And we might pray for somebody. Then we say, well, can we just share with you how we came near to God? And this is what we share. Okay, there's the world. But it's broken. Can anybody seriously say it's not? Most people would agree with that statement. It's broken. You've only got to look on what's on the news, what comes through on your you know, Facebook feed or whatever. The world is broken. But it's not the only world we see, of course. We also see a world of love. We see a world of beauty, particularly here in Weymouth and Portland. We look out. We see glorious scenery. We see the sea and the hills. We see children laughing. We see the person we love. There is goodness. And of course, this was God's, always God's intention. This was God's design. That we should live in a, in, a, in a world of beauty and love. But, right from the word go, we walked away from God's design. We call that sin. Sin is walking away from God's design and moving into our own design. But we, we walk into a world of brokenness, and a lot of people would agree that there is brokenness around them, and they're, they're hurting. And we try to get out of this brokenness. We try all sorts of things. We might try 
uh, success and money. We might try fame. We might try religion and good works to make ourselves feel better. We might try to drown out the pain with drugs and alcohol. There's all sorts of ways that we might try to break out from this brokenness that we live in. Okay, but none of them work. And they're like a bungee and they snap us back in to this world of brokenness. Hope you can see it over there. Okay, so there is no escaping from this world of brokenness. But God in his infinite mercy made a way for us to get out of this world of brokenness. And it's the world that Jesus came into 2,000 years ago. Jesus came into the world. He died on a cross for our sins that we would be forgiven. And then three days later, on the third day rather, he rose again from death. And what he says is that if we will turn and believe, repent and believe in him, we, re- we believe in his death on the cross for our sake, we believe that in him we find forgiveness of sins and we make him Lord, we make him, not a very good crown, but king of our lives because he is the king. If we will do that, if we will turn and believe He says that he will make us a brand new person with a new start, a new life, and we can again enter into all that God intended in his design, in the world that he designed, coming into his kingdom. And that is a simple presentation. Three circles. What's called three circles? It is three circles. Okay? And that, can you see it over there? Are you okay? Yeah? Um, That is a very simple message, a very simple, you know, all you need is a bit of card. In fact, if you have one of our our coffee cards, there's a space on the back, you could probably, enough space just to draw the three circles or have a bit of paper in your back pocket or a pen or whatever. That is a really simple way to share the gospel with someone. If you want to know how to share the gospel, use the three circles. And not only that, people can remember it and they can pass it on to other people themselves. And we find that that does happen. Okay? Use three circles. Okay, and then you can use this actually as, as a tool to help. The ch- so what then happens, of course, is you've done that, you go through this, and then you say, well, where are you? Which circle are you on? Are you in the circle there of brokenness? Or are you here in the circle of God's design? And and, you know, typically people might say, well, you know, uh, I feel I'm somewhere in the middle or, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in brokenness. And you say, well, where do you want to be? And they might say, well, I'd like to be here. Well, OK, so what's stopping you? What's stopping you from turning and believing and coming into this world that God intends for you? What stops you from doing that? Well, I don't know. OK, well, let's, you know, let's lead you in a prayer. And you can use this to help you. Lord, 
I'm sorry for walking away from your design. I'm sorry for sinning against you and walking into brokenness. I'm sorry for all the ways I try to get out of brokenness. I'm going to turn and believe in you and get forgiveness from you in my life. I'm going to trust you for forgiveness. Make me a brand new person and take me back into this design of, you, of your, your life. Amen. So you can use it as a means to help people pray. A prayer of commitment. Okay? So three circles. It's a really simple tool to use, and I would really recommend it to you. Okay? Right. Okay. So repentance and belief are foundational. Okay. I'm going to quickly move on. And here is a good scripture that we might use to show this. Mark 1, 15. Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. There it is, both of them. Repent and believe. Okay? Another scripture you might use. Acts eleven twenty one says, The Lord's hand was with them. And a great number of people did what? Believed and turned. That's what repentance is, isn't it? Turning. They believed and turned to the Lord. That's what you need to do. That's what people need to do. Romans 10 verse 9. Here is about believe, believing. It says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay? Simple. It's what it says. And of course, if you like, perhaps what is the most famous scripture that perhaps of all time, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Simple. And share these scriptures with people. They repent. They need to repent. They need to believe. These are just some of the ideas that you could use to explain to someone uh, who is coming near to God. Okay? So, you know, these are what might be the basic first steps that he or she needs to understand if he or she has become a Christian or wants to become a Christian. And there are probably many others that you could find if you did a search in the New Testament on your Bible app on your phone, and you search the words repent or believe, you'll come up with a whole load in the New Testament of, of scriptures, that any of which could, you could go through with somebody. And incidentally, I'd say one of the first suggestions you might make to a new believer is, or a near believer, so a new believer or a near believer, someone who's getting close to making a decision to follow Jesus, one of the first suggestions that you could make to them is for them to download a free Bible app onto their phone. Don't need to buy them a Bible and get it for free. Put it on their phone. Who doesn't use their phone? Most people do. Okay? Get them to put a free Bible app on their phone. Preferably the NIV, not the King James. Okay? Preferably the NIV. And make it clear that the best place to start is always the New Testament. Start in the New Testament, okay? And, you know, you 
you are quite capable of sharing these scriptures with people. You are. You can share these people. You can share these scriptures with people. Go on your phone, get a whole load of them, share them with people. Get them to go on their phone. They could, they're quite capable, actually. Your friend, your new believer is quite capable of reading these scriptures, especially if they've got the Bible on their phone. And the Holy Spirit, this might surprise you, I'm sure it won't, the Holy Spirit is quite capable of opening up people's hearts to the words that they read. He's quite capable of doing that. If, if they will read the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is more than capable. So let's not, let's not assume that someone who says that they've become a Christian has understood the need to repent and believe. We need to make sure, foundationally, that they've understood the need to repent and believe. Here is where discipleship and a journey following Jesus begins. It's a journey that never ends. We're still on it. We are still on that journey of following Jesus. We're still on that learning journey, journey, and it will end, I guess, on the day when we go to meet the Lord or the Lord returns. But, you know, in any journey, those first steps are important. And we who have walked on this road for a little bit longer can help those who are just starting on this journey to make solid and purposeful first steps. That's what we want to do. We want to help people make solid and purposeful first steps as they journey into this new life. If this promised revival is coming, if we're going to see new believers, guys, you are more than enough to lead them into a relationship with God. You are more than enough to read scriptures to people and tell them you need to repent, you need to believe, and all the other things that are going to be coming up. Okay, and uh, as some of us preach over the next few weeks, we aim to help you to know what to say and how to lead a new believer into the next steps of their journey following Jesus. That's the purpose of what we're doing over the next few weeks, okay, to help you help new or near believers to come to Christ, know what to do next, okay? Oh, I don't know what to do. Hopefully, by the end of it all, you will know what to do. That's the purpose. And remember, finally, you are an ambassador. Don't forget it and never doubt it. You are an ambassador. Amen? Let's just stand. We're going to finish there, I think. Time has gone. Father, every day, pretty much every day, I pray for us as a people, make us a go people, not just a come people. Every day, pretty much, I pray, Lord, make us a seed-sowing people. Make us a seed-sowing people. Friends, neighbours, acquaintances. Father, we're not good at it. I'm not good at it need your encouragement. I need your boldness. We need your boldness, Lord. And Jay prayed earlier about, you know, courage, God of courage, giving us courage. Lord, give us courage. Give us boldness. Father, we call out to you and say, Lord, would you help us to share the good news about Jesus with those who are far from you? Give us the ability. Give us the opportunities. Lord, may we find people coming up to us and saying, 
How did you become a Christian? Why did you become a Christian? How can I get to know God? Give us these sorts of encounters, Father, we pray. May we be coming back to this place together and sharing stories of what you've been doing over the next few weeks and months. Lord, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. We want to be those workers. We want to be those that go and share and scatter seed. Being a go people, not just to come people, Lord. Yeah, we want to see people come as well, but we want to be those who go. Anoint us to do that in the name of Jesus. Amen.